Welcome back, frenemies, to episode 69. I'm your host, Chris, and to my right, the commish himself, Sean. And let's get right to it. I want to do a little special shout out to our, our loyal local listeners in the 757. Uh, thank you guys for being so great and and uh, being out there as we come into the studio and ask for autographs. And <laughs> that doesn't happen at all. But uh, special shout out to David Huffmaker. You know who you are. Uh, <laughs> sorry, bud. We will not rank all, you know, 32 tight ends um, for you on a podcast ever. Nobody wants that. We like listeners. Um, <laughs> you are my roommate. You can just ask me what I think from 1 through 32. But we're not putting that on film anywhere. Nope. But today's podcast, Sean, what are we doing today? Uh, so today we've been going through the positional rankings, our early ones. Obviously, they're going to change a lot. But we kind of approach this as a who you would draft in order. Um, this is probably more redraft than it really is for keeper's sake. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's so we're going through running backs today. We've done wide RBs. receivers, we've yep. done quarterbacks and tight ends. You can check those episodes out if you missed them. Um, but yeah, let's we might as well just get right into it. And I'm gonna let you take the floor since your boy slash my boy is up at the top <laughs> for you, not who everyone expects to be at the top. Oh man! So if you've seen our other podcast, the last two, um, Sean and I do things differently. I, I draft tier base, but I don't really rank right now tier base. He does. Um, but my number one running back coming into, I'm just going in there with a homer pick, but I'm backed up by a lot of guys. Dalvin Cook. Yes. So you see these little pennants that we put around here. Uh, um, I don't know, just to spice it up. If you don't <laughs> like it, let us know. Uh, so, yeah, Dalvin Cook, even with the holdout yeah, that that's... we are seeing him happen, at, the usage of him in the offense to me says they're going to have to figure something out before, yeah. you know, whatever camp looks like in COVID. Dalvin Cook will be RB1 there in Minnesota and will be RB1's you know, our hearts and also the top running back in fantasy. Yeah. So I don't agree with that, but (laughs) so I have Christian McCaffrey, who is the more, you know, common first overall. I do have concerns with cook and it's, I think it's less about the holdout. I think they'll figure something out with the holdout, but it's health. He's had a really hard time staying Mm -hmm. healthy. Uh, He had the crazy workload last year. I just am a little scared of that. Whereas Christian McCaffrey has proved to us that he doesn't get hurt. Like he just, he doesn't. No, so, I haven't met two, but yeah. I don't mind number one there. I just see a lot of people sneaking up. Dalvin, I think he could have the year. Redraft thinking. So but, as, as far as tiers go, I have McCaffrey and um, Saquon, I guess we'll talk about next year. This is another player we kind of differ on. I think it's – I have like Saquon and you have Dalvin flipped pretty much. I mean, obviously I've got Dalvin first, but right. it's kind of what we're looking at here. So I think Christian McCaffrey and Saquon Barclay are – to I would say the two most talented running backs in the league, and they have really good opportunity. Um, so they're, if they're going to get that much work and they're the most talented, that's why I think they're a tier above. As long as it's not an injury, these guys are not finishing out the top five even, I don't think. Right. Yeah, I like I like your tier one with those guys. I would add in Dalvin and Ezekiel okay. Elliott where you have at three. I I have at three as well. Yeah. I would put him up there just because the offense that he's in and and how much touches that he, he gets. Uh, Zeke is a tier one running back in my you – can, you can't argue really there. I mean, if you get – you know, Elliot and not Saquon in yeah. your first couple of picks, you're not going to be mad. Yeah. I mean, for me, the only reason he didn't make this top tier is he's less of a receiving threat than the other two mm-hmm. guys. And that's just such a good baseline when you're getting, you know, five to 10 targets a game. And he's not always going to get that, especially with all the new talent on wide receiver for Dallas. Yeah. So 
Again, and you have Dalvin at four. I had Dalvin at one. Number five here, we both chose this one pretty similar. It's Alvin Kamara, but we last year didn't give us the you know the 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 fuzzy feeling of yay I got Alvin in my lineup. We're looking at it like where's his, where's his touchdowns? Yeah, I went mean, way down, way down. Last year he only scored five rushing touchdowns. Didn't rush over a thousand yards. Only had the one year before, receiving I think, TD. Was like eighteen total touchdowns. Last, yeah, the year before that. So what? What do you feel like we should expect from Alvin? I, I don't mind. I don't mind Kamara at five. Um, Honestly, if looking at this group here, um, I put I did put him up in that second tier with Zeke and Cook. Some people may not agree with that with the season he had last year, but I think he deserves to be in that tier because I think it's somewhere in between. He's not going to be crazy touchdown great like he was yeah. that. 2018 season but the amount of touchdowns he had last year is just not going to last and people forget the injury it's they it, you kind of forget it because he played through a lot of it right like he came back early and just kind of pushed through and he just wasn't his self until the very end same thing happened with saquon they had the same high equal sprains and it just takes the players a while to come back and then all of a sudden you're like oh this is the alvin Kamara we know so i think if he's fully healthy he may be kind of a, a steal of a draft guy because he absolutely can finish as yeah. the one, number one running back. In Again, my the receiving game, PPR, half PPR. This guy killed it with an injury last year with 81 receptions. You can probably see that or yep. more, again, with a healthy Kamara. Yep. So if you're in that type of league, he's definitely a, a first-round flyer. I mean, every league, but he's, he's a good pick there at five. So to me, those top five are like locked and loaded. Like you said, no I don't think I would be that upset if I had the fifth pick and I had to take Alvin Kamara. Like, that is fine with me. I'm good. He's right. definitely an RB1 for me. This next tier, guys, have a little bit of question marks next to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start it off with uh, Derrick Henry. And he, you know, I feel like he deserves so much more respect than this because yeah. he's all he's done is be like the best rushing running back in the league. Um, but I just am, get scared. They drafted that rookie to kind of play that Deion Lewis role, which Deion Lewis was doing nothing with, which is why they. I think he got such a crazy workload in Derrick Henry. So I think he's, in a non-PPR, he's much safer. I'd probably even bump him up into that second tier. But I'm a little scared of, um, he just has to be as, have just as many opportunities as he did last year to get, crack that top five. So that's why I got him at six. Right. I I see the opportunities there, but it's so hard. It's much harder to predict. Like you said, when the receptions aren't there and you're just looking for game plan, run game. What happens when Tannehill has to throw the ball forever yep. to get back? So I like that one. Um, at seven, you had Josh Jacobs. Again, I had Jacobs and Henry switched around in my rankings at six and seven, but I'm not going to argue with that. Uh, so at seven here, tier three, Josh Jacobs. Uh, t- tell me a little bit why you, you love him up here. I mean, he had second year coming to the Where'd league. Where did you say you have Jacobs at? I had Jacobs at six. You have him at seven, so we don't okay. defer from it too much, but his touchdown totals weren't – double digits last year i think that the raiders offense has improved enough that that will get better you sure i I see them as kind of a sleeper team to make a push not for the super bowl but like they could win a playoff game i think i like how i said you sure like you actually have like a you know way to make sure he gets those touches (laughs) i think the to me you saw the baseline last year Mm -hmm. and he was still a top 10 back and if he does start to get some of that passing work, which he's shown, he he has the receiving ability. If they do get him the ball in the receiving game, then it just you know elevates him to that top five status. So yeah, I just 
the hard part is this Gruden didn't really use a, a running back out in the passing game. Yeah, but they did resign Richard or whatever. Yeah, so it's it's a little bit different there. I, I like I like uh, Jacobs there, Joe Mixon in Cincinnati. Yeah, he's a hard one. It's a tough one. So he was my call last year that I was right for half of the year, wrong for half of the year. Right. We kind of had a little bit of debate on that. You had him. <laughs> you, you probably had him in your top five last year, I think. I did. <laughs> he did not help out. He had some flashes up and down. Yeah. But. His second half, he kind of came on. Yeah. I think the team realized that he was their best player and they just needed to get into his hands. And then that's when he kind of took off and had a really good second half of the year. So I, I expect more of that second half of the year to be the case. Joe Burrow, I think, is a great prospect. I don't know how quickly he'll be able to pick it up and make this offense good. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know. I think there's op- some optimism there between um, Mixon kind of jumping into this tier here where he's he's going to get the work. Like there's Unless he's got a holdout little thing going on too, but there's no one to challenge him. It's just Bernard. And, it's and, just, the, and the O-line has improved. They get back, was it Jonah Williams, first-round pick from the year yep. before? And then they pick up more draft picks this year to fix up the offensive line. He should have a healthy AJ Green coming back. Yeah. So that would give him less eight man boxes to look at. Yeah. He should be killing it out of the backfield. Um, right. Do you have anybody that you would put in this third tier, or is that kind of what you had? Those. That's yeah. I. I you know what? I, there There's is one other guy. There is another guy, but I'm gonna I'm gonna concede to you and put him at a tier four. <laughs> He's the guy I love the most here. Um, but let's look at that the beginning of tier four. So our tier four here is Kenyon Drake, Miles Sanders, and Nick Chubb. That's I love I, me some Kenyon Drake. That's what I have in this. So the way place that we, we differ here, we're both pretty high on Kenyon Drake. I think mm-hmm. you got him one spot ahead of me, but um, I think the big difference is Chubb. You don't even have him in your top 12. I, I don't because okay. I don't trust Cleveland. Okay. I drafted him in our, you know, uh, um, Dynasty League, and I was happy with that, but at the same time, like, uh, that time I can be a little more wait and pr- see what's happening. Yeah. So that's why I don't have him in there. Probably would have put him in my tool. I should have put him up there. To me, he's shy away. He's a lot like a Derrick Henry where you're going to be not depending on those catches weekly. Mm-hmm. Um, but he... I think he's got opportunity to improve his touchdowns. He had a really bad touchdown rate inside the five that just didn't make any sense. So if, as long as they don't say, look at the numbers and go, oh, that's Mick, or that's Chubb's fault. We need to get someone else in there at the goal line. Right. If he continues to get that work, I think there's he's just going to improve in the touchdown category, which you know rise, brings him up to, to me in that next tier there. Um, I guess, yeah, Drake, did you want to? So Drake's my breakout star. Yeah. of this upcoming season. I think he's a perfect fit in that offense. He's going to he's added another receiver on that outside. So he's I mean, you talk about swing out pass game behind mm-hmm. Hopkins and Fitzgerald and those guys. It'll be open in the flats. He can run out of the gun, you know, um, working uh with our with our boy. Who's the quarterback there? Kyler Murray. Yeah, so uh, I just think it's a perfect match made in heaven with that offense. He'll get the opportunities. I, I'm not quite sure goal line attempts in that offense because yeah. it's still it's not a lining up in the eye formation and go. So he might lose out on some touches there, but he is he can bust them for big gains. And he's shown that in that offense when he got traded over there. Yeah, I think Drake is one of those players that you have to be a little careful on just because mm-hmm. he does have that kind of. I'm trying to think of who was, who's that Cincinnati running back who had like a great end of the year and then. Oh, uh, Giovanni Bernard. No, no, no. Before oh. he was in the backfield with Gio, and he was beat. He was like one of the biggest draft busts because everybody was so hyped on him. I don't know. 
I get nothing. Oh. If he's that big of a bust, that's the reason why we forgot about him. <laughs> but anyways, there's there are every year there's players like that that kind of come out of nowhere. Like if you had started last season and said next year Kenyon Drake's going to be a top ten back, right? Uh, people would kind of freak out. At so <laughs> there's something to be said for you know doing it a full year and proving that you can do it. Now you got to get him before he does that if you really want to you know take right. advantage of that draft position. So I think he's. At this point, if he's going to be one of the low end RB ones, I feel safer start you know starting him because he does have that potential in that offense. I think can yeah. get rolling. That's what you do in these predictions and rankings. You look at and the he's offense so talented. and opportunities. I mean, the Dolphins let talented players go they all do. the time. It's so. great. Go Tannehill, right? Um, at ten, we both put Miles Sanders down there. He's a scary one, but it's not him being scary. It's the, the offensive staff. calling, like the play calling, is the scariest part of the Eagles of Miles Sanders yeah really what it comes down to is you have to decide what side you're going to be on is it that Doug Peterson does not like to give it to a workhorse back or is it that he has not had a worthy workhorse back to give it to right so if you believe that he hasn't had that and this is it in Miles Sanders I mean his ceiling is huge he could be a top five back easily right um, but if it is more of the same with this committee thing um, you know Boston Scott's still there he's probably going to play into the passing game and towards the end of last year he was their mvp man austin scott was killing it <laughs> catching everything so if that eats away at it then i could see it you know not going so great for him so he's he's another risky one but I'm, i think i will actually you know pull the trigger on him a lot in leagues just to take the chance because i think he's extremely talented he played behind saquon the only reason why he wasn't as touted i think because he i mean nobody was as good as saquon no, like. not, not in college <laughs> and he only had really a year to prove it out there yeah. Um, so at 11, you had Nick Chubb. We spoke about him a little bit there. I had Aaron Jones. Tell me why you don't have Aaron Jones anywhere in your top 12. Well, we're going to save that a little bit because I'm going to talk about him later. But, oh, yeah. Sneak peek. Yeah. Uh, but we'll, I, we'll, I'll, wait, I'll give you my opinion on that later. Okay. He did not make my top 12. No, I put Aaron Jones there at 11. So you give the four, yeah. I, I, yeah. There's going to be he, – he's going to be in the passing game. Uh, if you didn't know – the Packers didn't draft a receiver. Yeah. So he's got to he be wants the to second. Run the ball, apparently. Yeah, they, they, he's got to be the second option in everything. Run, pass, just a second weapon there in Green Bay. And then at 12, we have a different guy here. I put Austin Eckler in. I don't think it's a bad idea. It's I think he did get paid, so I feel a little better about his role in the offense. Yeah. And even when he didn't get the you know, the first beginning of the year, he was like RB1, I think, even mm-hmm. like through the first four weeks without Melvin Gordon there. He's not going to get that, but I think he's going to get more than he did when Melvin came back. You're right. So he's going to, he's just, he's a good player. So and, I can't. And the way Eckler catches the ball. He's probably my 13 or 14, but I just don't yeah. have him on the top 12. If you get him at the turn in a draft, you're happy. To me, he's the perfect RB2. Like I would be a little scared going into the season with him as my RB1, but if he's my RB2, it's like I'm, I'm golden. I love him in the receiving game. Like the way he catches the ball and runs routes, it's he's a wide out. And I think it's been overblown. The big thing is, you know, Tyrod Taylor's taken over now, and he's a rushing quarterback. Phillip Rivers would just dump off when he got into those situations, whereas Taylor might take off. I think there's a little bit of that, but I think that, you know, it just depends on the talent you have. And I think when Tyrod did have a good, like I think LaShawn McCoy had a pretty good receiving year when he had Tyrod Taylor right. as his running back or his quarterback so yep. i don't want to completely write him off but like i said i feel more comfortable at that rb2 spot than in an rb1 i got you you're 11 and 12 at 11 back into tier four we have nick chubb we spoke about him earlier very much like derrick henry he's going to yeah. get you the rush attempts he's a safe pick 
if you have to wait for a back end RB one, then tier five all alone at number twelve for me, yeah, for you, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I know this is kind of flipping the tables here. Usually it the is. one that uh, I'm the rookie man. Yeah, you're the crazy. You are today. So listen, listen to what I'm saying here. <laughs> the, <laughs> don't don't tune us out now. Yeah, this this pick here is like I said. This is if I was in a draft. And, you know, I wanted my RB1, and all these other guys above him I have listed are gone, and I'm the last pick in the first round. I'm looking at Clyde Edwards-Alaire because I think he can le- he can win the league for you. Like, he can have that second half of the year where he just goes off and is the best running back in the NFL. Like and, he can and, uh, go into, I think he can do a lot of what Kareem Hunt did. Like, that's kind of the mold you see him getting into. The scary part is you have to be patient. Like, I was about to say, you're telling our audience. Yes. Don't gonna, dump him after the first four games. Yeah, I think it could. Yeah, it could take four to five games before mm-hmm. you start to see his touches creep up above that ten to fifteen mark. Um, but if he gets if he gets to the point where he's getting at least you know close to twenty touches in this offense, it's just such a good offense. He's a talented player, and they really love him as that first round pick. So that's why Andy Reid's never really given that to his rookie running backs. Kareem Hunt was because of an injury. I don't want you to think that, you know, oh, he did it with Kareem Hunt. But it was really, yeah. he had to. I don't think Kareem Hunt was going to start. It was going to be Spencer Ware. But I just think the potential's there. He's a good player. It's a good offense. And I like to shoot for the stars when I'm trying no to get my argument, RB1. No argument here. I'm a rookie running back lover. Yeah. I definitely, if this was a keeper league, yeah, I would. Mm-hmm. Redraft. That's why I left him outside of my top twelve. Yeah, he'll go in our first round of our keeper league. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> yes, he will. <laughs> so, all right. I guess that's all we got for you on the running back um, rankings portion. But we're gonna go ahead and jump into some sleepers, values, and busts. All right, let's jump into the sleepers. Out, uh, unlike you know receivers or tight ends, we're looking for undrafted free agents we're looking at later round guys that we will take as a flyer that will be intrigued low-end rb2s and possible flex options for us and we both chose rookie running backs we did and uh i'll start with uh zach moss over in buffalo so you guys who are holding on to singletary or hoping that he's going to be that rb2 for you Bad news comes in the name of Zach Moss, rookie out of Utah. He's going to take up what Frank Gore was before being a goal line back, but he's got young legs, mm-hmm. all right, and he's actually got faster legs than Frank Gore at that time. So I think we could see him uh, pushing Singletary away from rushing touchdown opportunities. Okay. And uh, this gives you some immediate flex intrigue and in fantasy when it comes to Zach Moss. So you can put him in. You, I wouldn't. I guess you would handcuff him, but even if you don't have him cuffed with Singletary and you take Moss as a solo flyer, yeah. you can play him in weeks there, especially after you kind of sit back and wait for him to jump in. He yeah. can be a flex option. Yeah, I, I, I like that. Taking your shot on risk rookies late is not a bad thing to do. Mm-hmm. If they've been you know, drafted in the first three rounds, then I think they're worth that because that's what the team's going to do. They're going to start using them. Use them and abuse them. That's what they do with running backs. <laughs> <laughs> so the guy that I did I want to highlight here is J.K. Dobbins. This is for you, David, if you if you're listening. For you, <laughs> but I just feel like he's been left for dead. Kind of. They've got you know the big talk in redraft leagues at least is Clyde Edwards-Helaire, which I already gave my opinion on him, and Jonathan Taylor. But they're costing you a top you know four rounds a pick. Right. And I think they're very talented. I think they're, they may even be more talented than J.K. Dobbins. But he's not far behind them in the talent category. And he's in the best rushing offense in the NFL. So to me, there's a lot of scenarios where he can jump into an RB1 role 
if you know Ingram gets hurt, if he just comes on in the coaching staff, they're a type of coaching staff that they're going to give the ball to their best players. And if he is the best running back, he's going to be on the field. And with Lamar Jackson doing that option, I mean, somebody, I mean, we could go in there and probably make some plays happen. <laughs> I might get a negative two yards out of that one, yeah, before I get but, uh, crushed. He's just a really talented rookie um, that I think people are just kind of passing on because, oh, Mark Ingram's there. He won't even get to do anything this year. Whereas I don't know about that. I think that he's not that – to me, he's not that different than Taylor and CEH. Like, they're they're closer than I think people think, and you can get him, like, in the eighth or ninth round. So you don't even have to spend your high capital on taking your dart throw at your rookie. Right. Okay. I like that. You know, it's – J.K. Dobbins a bigger name rookie running back, but he's a sleeper because of the backfield that he's in. Yeah. So let's go to value here. So we're looking at these guys who might have lost their shine, but there's yeah. a lot of upside with them. I'm going with Todd freaking Gurley. Your boy. My boy who gave me three titles. Uh, he's currently ranked as low as an, like a low-end RB2, um, so he's not too far down, but I think he can easily shine in the Falcons' offense. They got two great uh, I think receivers. He went to a good spot for sure. Huh? Oh, went- yeah. Um, and so with two great receiving options outside, a veteran quarterback like Matt Ryan mm-hmm. that defenses have to uh, respect. Unlike last year in L.A. where they were just trying to stop the run game and make Goff beat them, Gurley's going to have less eight-man boxes, and he gets a slight upgrade to the O-line. Like, yeah. The Falcons' offensive line is known to be a little iffy, but it can't be any worse than the Rams' offensive line from last season. Yeah. Ooh, your boy here. <laughs> I, we've been everybody in fantasy world just keeps trying to talk him up and just hope that it happens. So yeah. So he was kind of the darling of last year. Um, he just rose up those draft boards. I think the last week or two of um, fantasy drafts, and that's David Montgomery. Mm. And I think that's why he's going so late this year. Is he burned a lot of people who put that capital in him? I mean, he was going in the third, fourth round last year. Um, he had the opportunity at times. He had a little bit of an injury, but towards the second half of the year, he really came on and showed us the upside that he has. I, for one, think that offense is going to be better. Even if Mitchell Trubisky's in the driver's seat, which I, I think Foles will probably push for that job, and I'd like that as a better situation. But regardless, I think that Nagy knows he's on thin ice, and he's got to figure this out. They've got to get this offense rolling. The first year he was there, it looked like he was you know, getting it getting going the way he wanted to, but... It's kind of hit some bumps in the road last year, and I think that if that offense improves at all, he's going to get he's going to be a running back that's going to get 250 carries pretty easily. There's right. not somebody there to challenge him really for those carries, and if you can get somebody like that in the fourth round, to me that's just a steal. Like you're just you know set yourself up, get two top wide receivers, or you know and a running back somewhere in the first three rounds, and then your RB two is David Montgomery, and I think you're just, he's just to me, he's a safe option. I'm not. He's not that guy who's probably going to win you weeks. He's not going to be an Aaron Jones type that's going to get three touchdowns and 200 yards rushing or something. But yeah, I think that he is a safe option where weekly you're going to be able to count on him to you know finish in that top 20 ish. He has to. It's all there for him. Uh, like you said, QB um, position should help him as well. Uh, so let's go to bust. Yes. All right. Best. This actually was the easiest. For this me, was but. very easy. Um, I'll, I'll go ahead and segue because I just yeah. mentioned his name, but um, Aaron Jones, I just see so much touchdown regression coming from him. He was not in my top 12. He is probably my scariest running back in the top 15 being drafted right now. I think that he can he can hold on to that job. I'm not saying A.J. Dillon is more talented than Aaron Jones. I think Aaron Jones is a better running back, but the Packers are telling us something here. 
they drafted a running back on day two in AJ Dillon, who is very good at the goal line. Like that's right. what he, he profiles as a big goal line back. And he's also um, the comparisons now. I'm not saying he's this, but there's definitely been the comparisons drawn to Derrick Henry. Yeah. And Matt LaFleur was with the Titans when he kind of ushered Derrick Henry into the role that he's in now and had a lot of success. So I think that's kind of what the coaching staff saw. They didn't draft Aaron Jones. They inherited Aaron Jones. They drafted A.J. Dillon. So I don't think he's going to fall off the face of the earth. He's not going to be, you know, an RB3. I just think he's a low-end RB2 with the upside. Like, if he does keep that role and he's in a good offense, um, and like I said, he's a talented running back, but to me it's just too much risk um, with them having that back up there ready to go. Yeah, because they've got – three guys now yeah. when you draft a third running back into also, that stable do you're thinking they're going to be handing the ball off yeah and and he ton. really over the second half of the year i think he he may have finished as a top three back this year he had just a crazy second half and it was because of the receptions and that was when Devonte adams was out well Devonte mm-hmm. adams is healthy now and i think that that receiving work is going to cut back again a little bit and that's kind of what scares me for taking him as a top rb1 I hope you're wrong when in my <laughs> rankings. But as a Vikings fan, I love it. Yeah. Make the Packers running back, you know, disappear. Oh, this kind of goes hand in hand with your uh, sleeper yeah, pick. Yeah, so here, my huh? sleeper pick, I pick Zach Moss. So my bust pick is going to be Devin Singletary. I'm doubling down on it. All right. He's again ranked in the in late, you know, early 20s, late teens in some places. Mm-hmm. I can't believe that. But I just believe because of Zach Moss being there and I just, I see the emergence of him. Mm-hmm. Again, if if we had Frank Gore of like five years ago in that backfield with Devin Singletary, we wouldn't be talking about him because Gore would be the yeah. lead the lead back. So I I see a fifty fifty backfield split between yeah. Moss and Singletary. So people are going to be very disappointed when they look at the box score in their fantasy lineup and their running back two has a total of seventy yards of offense. Yeah, no it, touchdowns, maybe three happen. receptions. So that's where. Our, I feel like he's going to disappoint a lot of owners because people are going to take him as a flyer, hoping that he can be that solid running back too. But if you don't know Zach Moss, you will know him pretty early in the year. Yeah, and actually I'm, I'm looking at a – it's really hard to judge ADP right now because people are all over the place. I don't agree with this is how the drafts are going to really go. But in this, uh, this draft um, calculator that I've seen, this fantasy data, they have Devin Singletary going over Kenyon Drake. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so that'd be an easy answer for you to just, no. Why? I'm passing on David. You guys mock drafting out he's, there. Stop got, doing dumb things. I know. They got him ahead of guys like, I mean, Mark Ingram. I talked about J.K. Dobbins, but he's still there. He's still in that best role for that mm-hmm. that offense. David Montgomery, the guy I mentioned, is there. Clyde Edwards-Lair is below him. Like, I think people are remembering last year as if Zach Moss isn't there. Like, because there was a lot of hope at the end of last year for Devin Singletary to be a top 10 back next year. Right. But that, to me, is faded, like as you brought up with, with Moss coming into the fold. And Buffalo had to get another running back. Instead of like getting an older free agent, they found a, a, just a great landing spot, but it's a third-round pick on a running back. So there's value there. It's not like a late-rounder yeah, guy in the draft. I, I'm a little less scared of Singletary because I think he will fall in drafts. I think he's a guy that you may be able to get you know, whereas he's he's kind of in a similar situation as Aaron Jones, where the you know similar round rookie being drafted coming up behind him. I think Singletary is a little less established, so that's mm-hmm. why it's scarier. But I still believe in the guy's talent. I think he's a great pass catching back. He's he made a lot of good things happen in this green game. So if they're not getting out of Zach Moss what they thought, I think they will 
maybe turn that way. So I could see myself drafting Devin Singletary in some leagues, but like you're right, right where he's going now as like yeah a middle RB two, that's too much risk. Yeah, he'll slide, and then like I might pick him up then. Yeah, but I'll pick a Moss. I'll pick Moss over him. That's just me. So and Ricky straight up, backs. you would take Moss. If you I had... would take Moss over Singletary. Oh, wow. Just I'm and, not there, and that's like my flex pick. Okay, like I wouldn't pick Singletary as my RB two. Okay. I would I would go around and pick somebody else, and then if I had to pick a Buffalo back, it'd be Moss at my flex and cross my fingers that he picks <laughs> up he takes over the backfield. Uh, so that's it for our running back episode rankings and sleepers and values and bust. We have exciting news for our next episode coming up. <laughs> All right, Sean's favorite thing is our deep dive, our deep dive into the kicker world. No, no. Okay, we don't. <laughs> it's like, a joke for all you out we, there. We're not. We don't rank kickers or defenses. We're actually in a lot of leagues that we participate in and ones that we create. We get rid of those things if possible. Yeah. So if you're listening out there, seven five seven league, let's get rid of kickers. <laughs> Add that extra flex. It's a lot more fun. But yeah. So hopefully you guys enjoy this this episode. Let us know. Running backs are very controversial at times too when it comes to ranking. So hit us up. Uh, our our tight ends and quarterback episode, you know, got me a little under uh, under the gun a little bit. Some guys were saying, you know, calling for my head on my tight end rankings. That oh, was wow. the weirdest thing. Uh, so thanks for listening, but man, <laughs> come on now, it's tight ends. So hopefully, I won't get killed on these running backs here. You got anything yep. to add to the uh, to the listeners? No, I think, uh, like I said, we'll be back in a bit. We're not sure what our next one will be. It will not be kickers ranked. Um, we may The next episode might be our Dynasty League. We wanted to kind of recap yeah. what the teams look like. And I don't know. I'm sure Jake doesn't listen to this podcast, but I'm sure we'll be shouting out to him, seeing if we can maybe yeah. grab him and get his thoughts on our Dynasty League. I like it. All right, guys. Well, thank you for listening. Like, subscribe, share it with your grandmother and all her friends. See you later. Deuces.